Good evening and welcome to another edition of Rev. My name is Lori Enright and we are so excited that you've joined us for the next 30 minutes. At any time, if you have any questions you'd like for us to answer, send us a quick email to rev, R-E-V, at eaglecountryonline.com. Special thanks to Mark Kreimer and our friends at Kreimer's Beer House for making the show possible. Visit the Beer House for lunch or dinner seven days a week on State Route 128 in Cleves. Hey, it's David Vaughn back for another edition of Sunday Night Rev. I am so glad you're on uh, this journey with me. We're still figuring out what we're doing here. We hope we're communicating things that make sense to you and have a high uh, value in your life. Lori and I, we pray about it, we think about it, we ponder these things, we discuss them. And so if you if there's a topic that you really want to hear on Rev, don't hesitate to email us. What's the email address again, Lori, for that? That's Rev. We made it yep. pretty simple. Rev, Rev R-E-V, like the name of the show. Like it. Uh, Rev at EagleCountryOnline.com, just well, like our like website. So yeah. Pretty simple. And we love Eagle Country. They're great partners in what we're doing. And we love Mark Kreimer down at the Beer House who helps sponsor this show. And Whitewater Crossing uh, members tune in. And we're, we're just using it as a vehicle to talk about lots of things that I think you might be interested in. And tonight's topic is maybe just fall right in that category. Uh, but, Laura, I know you it's been a busy week for you. Y'all are doing a lot of online auction stuff here at Eagle Country, aren't you? Do all kinds of auction, uh, two weeks, so we're a weekend to it. Yeah, no wonder you it's look exhausting. a little more tired. Yeah, you look tired. I'm not going to take that personally. <laughs> good, good. It's a good tire, though. Yeah, it's a good, there is a good kind of tire. To help people. Well, uh, our topic tonight, I think, might help folks who are tired in some way. I'd like to talk a little bit about prayer tonight. Uh, it's kind of a fundamental thing that we assume people do who follow Jesus, but that should not be uh, uh, an assumption we make for all. I think, Lori, uh, as you and I have talked about it, there are a lot of pe- questions that people have about prayer. I think they wonder if they do pray, how do I pray? What's the right kind of prayer? Is there a right way to pray? What are the things that uh, could help me to be a better person of prayer? Uh, what did Jesus talk about prayer? I thought we might unpack some of those things tonight because a lot of us grew up in a culture, uh, church culture even, where we were, were uncomfortable praying. And prayer, especially public prayer, is kind of like a form of public speaking, and it's very intimidating for people. So people say, "Well, David, you're like the pastor. You're like you're paid to pray, and you know you make that sound so easy." Uh, but yeah, I had to start somewhere, just like everyone else. Do you think people struggle, Lori, sometimes with this concept of praying? I, well, you know, you know my my past. I didn't grow up in a house where, you know, somebody I was taught to pray or how to pray. So um, I still wonder all the time that I feel like. It's the, we need do we need a prayer strategy hmm. i mean hmm. i sometimes you know when i'm praying try to do certain things but then i wonder if that was right or wrong or yeah yeah, yeah. but you, know, you that's the guilty. type of question that yeah. you don't just nobody wants to ask it so that we've made this easy yeah. because we're not going to we're we're just we're going to talk about it yeah yeah so nobody I'll, has to yeah. ask now yeah, let's talk about it. I uh, And for those listening in Eagle Country, maybe you got no church background, this would be like a great primer for you. For some of us who uh, have been praying, 
this would be a good reminder, a refresher about whether we're doing that uh, to and maximizing our prayer life and doing that to the best degree possible. And then uh, maybe there's some who've been praying <clears throat> and they're maybe praying the wrong way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, I don't know if there is a wrong way to pray when it's sincere from your heart. And, but if I could just encourage my goal or win for the program tonight is to get you to pray. If we could just move you from zero prayer to some prayer, it would be awesome. So, again, since prayer is one of these spiritual things uh, and we're studying how to be like Jesus in our church these days, love to have you visit any weekend at, on Sunday at 930 or 1115. And you can go on our website at whitewatercrossing.org and Click on the Plan Your Visit page, kind of get an experience of what it's like. But we pray at our church. But as I'm saying, I think the best person to ask and get advice from on what prayer is would be Jesus. I mean, so I thought we would just flip over to uh, Matthew chapter 6 and see what Jesus said about prayer. And then maybe, Lori, if you have some questions as we go through, uh, that might be good uh, for people to hear or listen uh, to uh, the difference between somebody like me who's been praying a long time uh, and, and and someone who's just starting, uh, yeah, I think you are a great voice for them. I'm real proud of your spiritual growth. But there are a lot of uh, people who you could have a voice for. So here's some of the things that I've noticed that Jesus said about prayer from Matthew 6. And we kind of start up in verse 5. Uh, and it says, And when you pray... Jesus said, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing on the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Uh, I don't know if you know anybody that, uh, Lori, I, I have met some people who are pretty full of self, and they're very um, uh, very spiritually uh, looking, and it's kind of a pseudo-spirituality because it's really not in their heart, but they want to come across as more holier than thou. Uh, and in their day, Jesus had these kind of people. They were called scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees, and they loved to give these long, uh, elaborate, uh, public, flowery prayers with lots of words and language. And I really don't think the secret is the, in uh, using the greatest number of words. One of the best prayers in the Bible is simply two words, help me, <laughs> you know, and a lot of people in Eagle Country probably prayed that prayer uh, more than any other. But there are people who love to specialize and kind of do their prayers in public. And Jesus says here, truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. In other words, if you're only praying for you to be seen by men, then God's not going to give you any more blessing. So this is what Jesus said. But when you pray... And here's some of the principles. Go into your room. Uh, one version says closet. So it needs to be a kind of a smaller, quiet place, usually free of distractions. It's hard to pray when there's a lot of um, ambient noise. Uh, so I encourage you to find your prayer room, your prayer closet, your prayer place. Let it be a consistent place where you go uh, regularly and maybe you arrange the room such that your prayer room or prayer closet is uh, accessible, but it's uh, comfortable, but it's designed strategically for you to talk to God. That's really what prayer is, just talking. It says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door so you don't want people to see you, um, and pray to your Father who is unseen. 
Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. But when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Uh, so it's not the number of words. Uh, it's the, the power and the uh, earnestness, the genuineness, the realness. I would say sometimes even the rawness of prayer. Uh, do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So don't be like the pagans. Just approach God as your Father. It's interesting. He says your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So here's a question for you, Lori Enright. I'll put you on the spot. This is deep. If God already knows what we're going to pray and knows what we need before we even ask, someone in Eagle Country might say, well, why am I praying if he already knows? Uh, so what do you think would be the answer to that? If he already knows what we're going to ask, and God's God, I think he does, and he already knows what we need, why do you think he still asked us to pray or ask? He wants to test our faith in him. Good. That's, you, you <laughs> Is were that very, right? You were very tentative. I said, it's like a question. It was <laughs> no, like I an answer. I was breathing yeah, for yeah, a answer, answer question. Very good. No, I think he does. Pop quiz God time. wants to test our faith. Uh, there is, that's, that's uh, I would call that close to correct. Well, I, th- I, I did, was doing some yeah. research yeah. and some reading on this and read that, oh, wait, what did I read? Um, that... Ooh, that sometimes he. Oh, I'm sorry. That that sometimes (laughs) he he prayers an experience that um, God uses so that we learn to trust Him more, that we have faith in Him. I think one of the main reasons why we pray is that prayer does move the hand of the Father, but the person most changed by prayer is us. Uh, like when you confess sin, I mean, it's not like God doesn't already know what your sin is. So why are we confessing? It's so we will know ourselves. So we will, with our own mouth, express ourselves, confess, show, as you just mentioned, show our faith. So um, God already knows, but he, the the benefit of prayer is not only that God's hand moves, but it kind of moves our hand. It, it's made for us. We're better when we pray. Uh, and so I think that there are some things God does do, whether we ask or not. But I think there are some things that he moves more so in when we do pray. So it is a test of our faith. Do they really want me to do it? Do they really believe it? Are they sincere? Then they will ask. But notice that the, the secret is not in the many words that you're asking. Just because you ask it over and over and over and over and over again doesn't necessarily mean that that's, uh, God's going to answer just because of repetition. I think it's the uh, genuineness, the authenticity uh, of your heart. But he already knows what you need. I, I noticed that he knows what you need before you ask, Jesus says. A lot of our prayers are what we want. And what we want and what we need are two different things. You know, so when you have kids, they want candy every day for breakfast. Do they need candy every day for well, breakfast? Well, no. you know, that is one thing I did learn in my yeah. house growing up, that what you want is different than what you need. Uh, isn't that true? <laughs> so but he knows what you true. need. So sometimes God says yes when we pray. Um, sometimes God, uh, Sometimes God says no when you pray. And sometimes God says Wait, 
I'm not saying yes, I'm not saying no, but you're just going to have to wait. Um, and I think it's hard to discern sometimes when God says no, whether he's saying wait a while or the answer is no. Uh, the yeses are very obvious. And the reason usually he says to no is because he knows it's not good for us. It's Garth Brooks. I thank God for unanswered prayer. That, that's, it's a, and those in Eagle Country like Garth, you know, that's yeah. exactly what he's describing. So uh, it, it, sometimes it's no, uh, yes, yeah, sometimes it's no, sometimes it's slow. You know, I'm just going to go slow on this. And then later you'll see why I answered. And it usually has to do with what you need and what you want. And there's some things I think when I first started praying that I asked God for that uh, really I didn't really need. And probably if he would have answered that prayer, it would have destroyed me. Uh, People will pray all the time. I bet this happens in Eagle Country. I pray I win the lottery. I pray I'll do this. I pray I'll get this. And I have found that usually those kinds of prayers, God doesn't answer because he knows it would wreck us. Uh, so it is in those that context of those verses that then Jesus moves to what we call the Lord's Prayer. Uh, those that are in uh, Eagle Country who have a Catholic background for sure, this is true for Catholic or Protestant, but we're used to this Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. Uh, we say it in Mass uh, all the time. We say it at weddings and funerals. Uh, so th- let's unpack that a little bit. Verse 9 says, This then is how you should pray. So Jesus is going to tell us how to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So what does that mean? That means we're saying, God, you're holy and I'm not. Hallowed means set apart or holy. Your name is holy. Uh, a lot of us take the Lord's name in vain. You know, it, it is a pretty holy name. So uh, you start out by acknowledging God, you're in charge. You're greater than me. You're holier than me. Uh, you know, my name is not so great, but your name is pretty good. So you're acknowledging the source of the power. So how would be your name? Your kingdom come, your your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, this, is, this is a wonderful prayer. You're asking for what is happening in heaven to occur on earth. And this kingdom is basically how God is his activity on earth. So you have the kingdom of heaven, but you're praying for what the dynamic of heaven to come down to earth. Uh, We would say if it happens there, we want it to happen here. Uh, And I've noticed before I can pray that kingdom come, I have to pray my kingdom go. (laughs) You know, so a lot of us are about building our kingdoms or our fiefdoms. When in reality, we ought to be building his kingdom, and his kingdom is nothing like ours. But we want down here to look like up there, if we mm-hmm. want to use that word. So as a church at Whitewater, we always say, what, what does it look like in heaven? How should that then look on earth in the church? So it's a great prayer. It's your kingdom. It's not my church. It's your will be done, not my will. And I think maybe some of the toughest conversations you'll have with God are what is his will versus what's my will because it's hard to distinguish between Mm -hmm. the two sometimes. Um, Then he moves on to some very practical things. Give us today our daily bread. 
Well, uh, that, you know, in, unless you're on a special, you know, diet, keto diet or something where you're not eating bread, you know, this is just a simple, God, give me my daily need. And notice it says daily bread. It doesn't say I need, I'm not asking for the whole year. Just give me what I need today. Uh, and notice it's not the daily steak. It's a basic need. It's it's bread. Everybody needs bread. It's the uh, in the staff of life is what the older people would say. But give us today our day. It's acknowledgement that what I'm going to eat literally today comes from Him. What I need to live on every day is going to God. It's coming from you. You you could take it away anytime. I think uh, in our first world country, we don't really worry about when or if we're going to eat. We worry about what we're going to eat. So I'm on this, this new food plan true. myself, and I am learning to discipline myself to eat. And I'm I'm just noticed, you know what? Uh, my will is very strong. My hunger, my appetite, my desires, um, and I'm spoiled with all the choices that I have. Only in America would people have to really work to lose weight. When in most third world countries, they're just they're skinny and not because they want to be, but because they have no food, they're dying. So our church is involved, as other churches are, in other good causes around the world to help people uh, have their daily bread. Uh, but I think it's a great line that Jesus used, give us today our daily bread. And then this is, I think, the toughest part of the Lord's Prayer. All those other things that we prayed are important. This is the one, I don't know about you, Lord, this is the one that I struggle with the most, and probably in Eagle Country too. Forgive us our debts or our trespasses as we also have forgiven our debtors or our trespassers. Oh, my. Now now I've gone to meddling in some of your lives listening here. Uh, what Jesus is saying here is he will forgive. Uh, we're asking him to forgive us to the degree that we have forgiven those who messed up against us. Man. So let me ask you in Eagle Country. If God forgave you today to the same degree that you forgave others, how much forgiveness would God give you? Because a lot of us are holding on to some pretty long-term issues of forgiveness or unforgiveness. Uh, Maybe some of you in Eagle Country are estranged right now from a family or a friend. It's been going on for years. One of the saddest things I just saw in the news, uh, and again, I follow golf. Those who are in Eagle Country, I love to golf. And I watched the Masters, and I watched Patrick Reed win the Masters. All you golfers know that. You were probably watching that last Sunday evening about this time, so you didn't catch the Rev show. That's all right. We forgive you. Anyway, I was watching Patrick Reed, and one of the saddest stories come out, he won, he won the Masters in Augusta, Georgia. What was sad is he's been estranged from his parents for the last six years. They're not, they haven't spoken in six years. Wow. He actually had them removed from a golf tournament earlier on. They watched their son win the Masters on TV, not three miles in Augusta, Georgia, is where they live, not three miles from the course, and watched him win on TV. And I thought to myself, how sad is that? I don't know the nature of their conflict, but forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. I just wonder what it would look like if somebody would say, I'll go first. I'll, I, I, anger won't get me in trouble and pride won't keep me there and I will forgive those who have sinned against me and I'm sure I've messed up 
against some people, maybe somebody in Eagle Country said, I know that Dave Vaughn, man, he hurt my feelings. You know, I I, I need to say I'm sorry. Uh, I think the words that keep relationships are, together are, I'm sorry, I was wrong, please forgive me. Those nine words are powerful. And it sets you free. Someone said forgiveness is setting the captive free only to discover the captive was you. And so whether you need to forgive or be forgiven, forgiveness is a part of the Christian life. And uh, I just wonder how many people's life would be increased. The joy factor in their life would be hugely off the chart good if they would learn to let go of some past pain, stop being the victim, and be the victor. Uh, You'll never get anywhere being the victim in your life. Yes, there are a lot of bad things that people do to people. You can't be any worse than what people did to Jesus and nailed him to the cross. I mean, it was like perfect, nailed him to the cross. Uh, Well, if he can forgive, uh, and from the cross he said to the people who literally nailed him, Father, forgive them. They know not what they did. Well, if Jesus can say that based on what they did, I have a feeling I could also forgive. And But we kind of have pity parties for ourselves. I had a great line about that yesterday. I was talking to our staff about you know some pity parties that I throw for myself every once in a while. And the bad thing about a pity party, Lori, is that no matter who you invite, you're the only one there. The devil is the only one that shows up. You and the devil. (laughs) You and the devil. It's a small party. And that's the worst thing about the pity party. And I think a lot of us do that, and we nurse those grudges, and we don't forgive. So I spent a lot of time on that in Jesus' prayer here because I think that's the hardest part of the Lord's prayer to, to act on. I think that that's the, the most difficult one to apply in our life. And then the last one, there in verse 13, he kind of ends the Lord's Prayer. He says, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors or, or our trespassers, and lead us not into temptation. In other words, help me uh, not to be tested or tempted beyond what I'm able to, to, to carry. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from, from the evil one. And then uh, there, there, the postlude to that is a lot of people will tag, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, kind of the P.S. of the Lord's Prayer. So this is the model prayer that Jesus said. This is how you should pray. Uh, and I think there are some lessons here in this model prayer that would help us greatly in our own prayer life. Let me give you a little acrostic or formula that I have practiced over the years, and I'm not sure where I heard it or who I heard it from, but I call it the ACTS, A-C-T-S of prayer. And it keeps me from only being in the asking mode. So when you pray, it's kind of in four parts. A stands for adoration. So I would start my prayer by adoring God, uh, uh, saying to God, uh, you are great, you are holy, just like Jesus started. You adore him, maybe even list some attributes of him that you like. Uh, but tell God what you like and who he is, and it's, that's what adoration is. The C in the Acts stands for confession. 
and we need to start confessing more in our 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 prayers. Uh, I am not. I don't like to confess things, but it's not like God doesn't know. Again, I'm the one that needs to hear me say it. And I found when it comes to confession, Lord, be very specific. Instead of saying, God, forgive me for all my sin. Okay, let's move on. I just get, God, forgive me for that time I fudged a little bit. Uh, I really was on the borderline of stealing or lying. God, forgive me for that lie that I just told. Uh, God, forgive me for hating that one person. Um, God, forgive me for that action of omission or commission that I did uh, because I know that grieves you and it hurts others and it hurts me. Be very specific uh, about what you are confessing. And I would guess that in Eagle Country, there are is a ton of things that we need to confess in the Protestant world, which is where I come from, Lori and I. Obviously, we feel free to confess to Jesus as our high priest. In Catholic world, you go to confession. You do not have to wait to see a priest before you confess. It says in the New Testament, confess your sins to each other so you can be healed. Uh, So there is a freeing component of confession. And I encourage everyone here to confess who God is, but confess who they are. Uh, And spend a few minutes just saying, God, here's what I did yesterday that I'm kind of embarrassed about. I'm ashamed about it. Uh, I need forgiveness for for that. T in the A-C-T-S stands for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And this is the time where you just thank God for a ton of stuff. I mean, I could spend a whole hour, if I really wanted to, thanking God. God, thank you for my clothes, my house, my food, that I have breath. Again, first world problems we all all have. And I think an ungrateful spirit, it really hurts uh, your relationship with God. So gratefulness and thankfulness and God, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, and I think it makes a big difference. S stands for supplication. And in this stage, you are asking God to supply or give you something that you are needing. And notice that is last because the temptation for most of us when we pray is to ask, spend all the time asking God for stuff, as if he's some cosmic genie in the sky. But I, And you do need to ask. I mean, he says, I know what you need before you even ask him. But I would not rush into the asking part. I would go through the adoration, the confession, the thanksgiving, and then you're in a position to ask God for something and he's in a position to bless you more, and I think he will. Uh, I kind of use the analogy because a lot of us are asking God for stuff, but we're not in a position with our life that aligns ourselves with the will and purpose of God for his kingdom to come in our life. Why would God give you something? So let me give you an analogy. And this has not happened because I love my neighbors. But let's just say that uh, I needed a, a tool uh, you know, uh, 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 a drill. Uh, maybe my drill stopped working, but I needed a tool for, to borrow for my next door neighbor. And I went out my front door. I went down the sidewalk, went up to my sidewalk of my neighbor, knocked on the door. Can I have that power tool? Yes. And he gave it to me. And then uh, let's just say that that happened and and he blessed me and all that was great. But let's say that on the way to the door, 
before asking for the power tool at my neighbor's house, I saw his cat. And you cat lovers, you will not like this. But let's just say I saw his cat on his sidewalk or on his porch before I asked him for the drill. And I hate that cat. I had cats always over in my yard. I don't like him. I don't like it. Let's just say I hauled off and kicked that cat across the yard. It was my neighbor's cat. And when I did that, I turned around and looked at the door. My neighbor was standing at the door and saw me do that. He saw his cat go sailing across the yard. Is I that a like this analogy. I, I didn't figure you would. <laughs> Is that a good time to ask for the drill, the power tool, of my neighbor. No. Why? Because he just saw me defiantly disobey, hurt something or someone he loves. So I wouldn't even ask then. I would just walk away and apologize for kicking the cat. And I think a lot of people, we do that with God. We want, we ask him for the power tool. We, we, we have a need. But on the way to asking, our life is so counter to that. And God is the perfect father. He sees everything. He's sitting at the window, the door of our life, and he's seeing everything we do. And he's less apt to give us what we want when we are acting in disobedient ways. So I would never kick a cat, and my neighbors are all awesome, and I don't need their power tools today. But anyway, (laughs) some of you understand the analogy. And I think that the asking is predicated on the adoring the confessing, and the thanking. Uh, And I think uh, the best advice I could give for Eagle Country people is get in a praying position. Your power comes from the prayer. Well, one thing I know from growing in my own faith is that I pray a lot less selfishly, Hmm. Um, Hmm. not as as much in times of need before I grew, but I needed to let God into my heart to be able to pray at the best times, yeah, you know, and just like you said, give that thanksgiving and the adoration. And it really helps with forgiveness, too, because you start believing in your heart. And I know that I felt my own empathy and just grace for other people soften as I've allowed myself to soften. And so much of that starts from Prayer changes you. So find that place, find that time. It could be in the morning, could be evening, could I mean, we, I pray for meals. I pray lots of different times, but I think if you'll find that closet or that room and follow this model prayer, uh, great things will happen in your life. So, might I just pray to close on out prayer. this? Let's How about pray. that? Since pray we're talking on, on that note, let's pray. Father, we're just going to repeat the Lord's prayer tonight as we close. Those in Eagle Country can do it with me. Our Father. Who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today in Eagle Country our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. 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 See you next week.
Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Rev. David and I pray that this show has revved up your life, your faith, and your work week. Find out more about Sunday service times, youth programs, and how to plan your visit to Whitewater Crossing at whitewatercrossing.org and click on the New Here tab. Our show is blessed by Crimer's Beer House on State Route 128 in Cleves. I'm Lori Enright. Please join us next Sunday at 7 p.m. for Rev with Pastor David Vaughn, only on your hometown radio station, Eagle Country 99.3.